Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning, friends. I have to tell you that when I saw the gospel lesson this week, where the gospel lesson includes one of those hard sayings of Jesus, or as some people call it, rude Jesus, I chuckled a little. I thought, oh, mercy, give this one to the new girl. At first glance, we wonder what in the world Jesus is doing here. Why would Jesus say such a thing, calling her a dog? What in the world is he doing? How rude. But I also think something really awesome is happening in the word today. This morning, we get to experience some of Jesus's full humanity and full divinity. We hear Jesus speaking in a way that we're really not used to. We see Jesus put his fingers in the deaf man's ears, and we see Jesus spit and touch the man's tongue to fix his speech. I can't help but wonder if that's where our parents got it from. I don't know about you, but when I was a little girl, if I had something on the side of my mom, on my mouth or on my face, my mama would say, come here, sis, you got something, uh, you know, spit on her hand and wipe it off with her with her spit. Maybe, maybe I'm alone here. <laughs> maybe not. I think spit's probably one of the biggest cleaners we have as moms. So let's start at the beginning with the Syrophoenician woman. Mark tells us she's a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. You see, I think that, um, that Mark, or yes, that Mark tells us that she's from Syrophoenician origin for a reason. Syrophoenicia is not a candidate region for 90210, if you know what I mean. The pretty people do not come from the, to be a residence there. In fact, they do all they can to avoid going that way. It might be like going to the other side of the tracks. It's a remote place sustained by commercial fishing, and if we can imagine, all the attendant odors are very present in Syrophoenicia. It's not far from the sea, but it's not a vacation destination at all. The area where she lives is called Syrophoenicia in order to distinguish it from the much more desirable North African coastal region called Libophoenicia. She's not only a resident of an undesirable place, she is a woman marked by a disadvantaged heritage in those days. What's more, she's called a Greek. To be called a Greek in that time and place is not necessarily a statement of heritage or language, not a compliment at all. It tells us that it's more about her religious roots or lack of them. It's not, like I said, I'm so sorry, it's not a compliment. So when Greek means that she's anything but Jewish, she's a Gentile and one that Jews regard as unclean. 
The reality is this woman had three strikes against her. She's a woman, she's Syrophoenician, and she's Greek. But I love this woman. I love her because she knows that she has three three strikes against her and she still goes to Jesus because she's desperate and she trusts Jesus that he can help her and she wants her little girl healed. Not only does she go to Jesus, but she falls at his feet and she begs for his help. So what's going on here? Now the disciples were there with Jesus, watching his every move. We hear Jesus's humanity. We hear his full human self when he hear him when we hear him say, "The children have to be fed first." Isn't it right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs? When Jesus refers to the children, He's referring to the Jews. And yet, we know that Jesus is God, and we know that Jesus came for everyone. Jesus is giving a human voice to those watching, as if he has just said what those disciples were thinking. Jesus took the words right out of their mouth. The reality is, Jesus knows what will happen. Jesus knows their heart and he knows her heart. Jesus has enough love and healing for all Jews and Gentiles. And then our Syrophoenician sister, I heard somebody refer to her as the woman with some theological moxie. She knows that Jesus is so abundant in his love that he always has leftovers. Lord, she says, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Did you catch it? She called him Lord. This Gentile woman knew without a doubt that all the feeding that Jesus was doing created leftovers, created even more for others. The disciples and those who are watching see in that very moment that all are loved by God. All are seen by God. The healing love of God was not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And then Jesus, who I think it sounds like a game show host, and in the common uh, English Bible, I like the version that it says, after she says that, Jesus says, good answer, go on home. The demon has already left your daughter. Jesus sent her out, showing her that the disciples and us that God's love expands beyond all barriers. And then just as the woman came on to Jesus on behalf of somebody else, we move down to the Sea of Galilee and we read about where people brought a deaf man with a speech impediment and begged Jesus to place his hands on the man for healing. 
Being deaf in the first century was not nearly about not being able to hear or speak clearly. For many people, physical impairment was viewed as the consequence of sin. People who suffered from blindness or deafness or withered limbs had little or no status at all. They were considered outsiders. In those days, people were afraid of physical difference and did not understand the biology of birth defects like we do today. When Jesus healed these types of people, he not only healed their physical problem, but the healing that Jesus gave them restored them back to community. Jesus took the man by the hand. Maybe he took him to a little quiet spot and he put his hands and his fingers in the man's ears and then he spit on his fingers and put them in the man's mouth. Took a deep breath looked up to heaven and said, Apatha, open up. If you see it in the text, you will see the word Apatha is italicized as if Mark has put a neon blinking sign around it. It's important for us to see that. Jesus says those words to the man who needed healing that day. But it also made me wonder how the Spirit of God is calling us to open up today. Apatha, open up. Let your ears be open to Christ's words of forgiveness for your sin. Apatha, open up. Let your eyes be open to see the opportunities God is making available in your world today. Apatha, open up. Let your mind be open to new ways of thinking about what will expand your understanding of God's will for you and for others. Apatha, open up. Let your mouth be open to share with friends what God is doing in your life. Apatha, open up. Let your life be open to the movement of the Spirit open to release you from whatever is scaring you, stopping you, holding you back, becoming the person of God that God is calling you to be. In both of our healings today, we find people who came to Jesus on behalf of someone else. First, we sat in the house with Jesus as the, and the Syrophoenician woman and listened in as Jesus revealed in a hard way, but he revealed it, that he came for all, for all of us. He didn't even have to be in the same place when he healed her little girl. He healed her from afar. And then we traveled down the region of, to the southeast of the Sea of Galilee to find a group of people who brought Jesus, a deaf and mute man, to be healed. And Jesus used his touch to heal that man. Have you ever noticed that Jesus never heals in the same way in the gospel? 
There was no standard method for Jesus, no how to heal the sick that he used, no handbook. He came to earth to enter into our lives, to heal us by his words and ultimately with his body and his blood. And now, as we prepare to be fed with that same body and blood given to us that we may forever live in him and he in us, I'm reminded of that beautiful prayer of humble access, which includes some of the language that we hear this morning in the gospel lesson. Please pray with me. We do not presume to come to this table, your table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your abundant and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose character is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen.